0: contest is scheduled for one fall please welcome mr freds what is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come into the ring and face the very best in the business ruthless aggression It was my life, my time, my rights, my rhymes, my crime, my struggle, hustle, sweat, and my blood, too. I'm and smell smells fear. I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They snuck, I was hot. I want it all. Excess. The sex. What's up? Sex. Stress. I want it all. No less come on. What is going on, peeps? And welcome to episode 107 of the Fretzelmania podcast, Cage Free Beast Eggs. I am Mr. Fretz and thank you for joining me on this ruthless ride through Smackdown in 2003. It's been quite a year and it is just getting underway. Today I am reviewing Smackdown from March 6, 2003 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. But first, the other shows going on in During said week in the world of wrestling, Monday Night Raw from March 3rd in the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, had Christian defeating Jeff Hardy. Thief Morley defeating Spike Dudley in a if Spike wins, he is no longer, the Dudley boys are no longer suspended match. So the Dudley boys are still suspended for now. Jacqueline and Trish Stratus defeated Jazz in Victoria, accompanied by Stephen Richards. Chris Jericho, with his running buddy Christian, defeated Test with his then-girlfriend Stacy Keebler. Booker T defeated Scott Steiner in the main event of Nitro in 2001, I mean, the penultimate main event in Raw 2003. And the main event saw... The team of Kane and Rob Van Dam defeating Al Snow and Tommy Dreamer in a hardcore tag team match. EC dub, EC dub. I don't know why this was booked. This was probably something that Eric Bischoff was cooking up for reasons that I am not even going to (laughs) look into. NWA TNA pay-per-view number 34 from the Fairgrounds Coliseum in Nashville, Tennessee, drawing approximately 1,300 people, according to ProWrestlingHistory.com. The Harris Twins defeated Brad Hunter and B.A.D. in a tag team match. Elix Skipper pinned J.C. Ice. Wolfie D. is conspicuous by his absence here, shout out to PG-13. AJ Styles pinned David Young, and these were the alleged dark matches of the show. AJ Styles in a dark match? But man, look at the rest of the show. We had Jerry Lynn pinning Super Crazy in an ECW reunion kind of match. Like Those guys tore the house down at ECW, like underrated stuff right here. Brian Lee and Slash from the Disciples of the New Church defeated The Naturals, Chase Stevens and Cassidy O'Reilly. R.A. Estrada pinned Disgraceland. I didn't even bother looking into who that is. The ex-Division champion Kid Cash pinned The Amazing Red in which was a... That was a barn burner of a match. Like I think I was watching a lot of the weekly pay-per-views at this time and man, like these two are too underrated workers the team of oh oh boy glenn gilberti in above average mike sanders beat america's most wanted boo and in the main event th- this is a weird one that i remember vaguely raven pinned the sandman in a clockwork orange house of fun match With Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster himself, being the guest referee in this match. Man, imagine Raven in the Dungeon of Doom. No, no, no. I'm taking that image out of my head. This was a very ECW-heavy episode of TNA because, well, ECW wasn't in business, WCW wasn't in business, and a lot of these extras and a lot of these workers that didn't sign with the WWE had to go places. I mean, Mike Sanders was in developmental for a brief spell, and that's about it. And now, finally, RA Era Podcast's favorite show, Velocity. On March the 8th, 2003, Billy Kidman beat Shannon Moore. Bill the Bully DeMott Defeated former ROH champion, the late Xavier. I believe Xavier was the, was he the first X-Division champion? Second? No, I think he beat or Styles. Yeah, w- one of those, but yeah. The Bully Bill beat Xavier. Nidia beat Dom Marie, and in the main event of Velocity, of course it's Funaki jobbing out to Nunzio. Now, on to SmackDown. It is Bridgeport, Connecticut. It is March 6, 2003. We are wasting no time. Right after the beautiful people hit, we get a number one contenders match for the Cruiserweight Championship at WrestleMania between Rey Mysterio, Yoshihiro Tajiri, and Jamie Noble, who I put down here as J Rock for some reasons. Shout out to Trailer Park Boys. Yes, and this is a full circle moment here, Nate. Take a shot. Rey Mysterio, 20 years ago, contending for the Cruiserweight title and just last week on SmackDown, is announced as the first inductee in the 2023 WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, Dominic is so gonna sabotage that speech and then Rey's finally going to accept that match at at the ceremony. Hall of Fame takes place after SmackDown on WrestleMania weekend, so some of us are going to be up very, very late that night. Not me. I work mornings. And as I'm reviewing this match, I am enjoying a nice, hot blueberry matcha tea. Oh, man, get get some of that matcha, India. It's very good for you, and it's tasty. And this is your frets, Please Hydrate moment of the night. So the... The two other folks in this match, uh, Tajiri and J-Rock, do not get entrances as they took place uh, during the intro of the show. There is a whole bunch of near falls and covers to start this match, and the arena I'm noticing here is really, really smoky. Nope, Van Dam isn't out there uh, hotboxing the crowd, but uh, it is the remnants of all the pyro that went off. And just last year, I went to my first live wrestling show since... Uh, since 03, and there was a lot of pyro, not a lot of smoke going on. I remember I felt the heat from Luchasaurus's fire pyro. I can only imagine how the wrestlers felt. They must have been dripping like a Christmas ham. We see a Flying Santon by Ray Ray, and I just wrote down here an ECW-style three-way dance. Sadly, it's not an elimination match. Ray with a nice springboard, Pijuri with that handspring elbow, Jamie Noble locks in the Fujiwara armbar on Tajiri, and because Tajiri is Japanese, it is not very effective. There is a Tower of Doom spot, which I don't think I have seen up until this point reviewing uh, Retro Wrestling. that You know, the, the Superplex, the Powerbomb, and all that by the three guys. It was a very good, excuse me, looking spot. A whole bunch more near falls, whole bunch more hop spot hope spots, or a Tarantula by Tajiri, a buzzsaw kick, but Rey makes the save. A 619 to Noble, Tajiri covers, Ray drops the dime, and then we see a suplex reversal into a roll-up on Tajiri by Rey Mysterio, and Rey is the number one contender to V1 at WrestleMania 19. After the break, we have Los Guerreros. Going up against the full-blooded Italians, Chuck Palumbo and Johnny the Bull Stamboli, and we hear a prototype, an early version of what would become Eddie Guerrero's theme, up until his passing, the uh, the light, cheat, and steal theme. That is just, I mean, it's iconic. It's 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 so damn good. And there's a little bit in the intro: "Is that if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You know, you lie, you cheat, you steal. Just oh, so good." I didn't like the Guerreros at this point in time and I'm looking at looking back at it and wanting to smack my 19 year old self in the face for being so stupid. They're, they're 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 acting like heels. That's the joke. Man I was such a mark. Palumbo gets a cheap shot in to start this match off. Palumbo also press slams Eddie Guerrero in a very impressive spot. Eddie does at her Rana, like reverses the spot with her Conrana hot tag to Chavito, and Palumbo does this really cool bit where he hip tosses Eddie over the top rope and they both go over the match. Like he went halfway across the ring with him, they both and they just both tumble over. Look, it looked really cool. Nunzio gets yeeted into the ring by the Guerreros and try to get a beat down, and in the closing sequence of this match, it was just so perfectly timed. It was. One of the most impressive spots I've ever seen, it kind of reminded me of the Evan Bourne, uh, Randy Orton RKO spot. It was it was very, very good timing. Or the, even better yet, the RKO Seth Rollins one from WrestleMania, I want to say 31, 32, just wow. So Chavo here goes for a crossbody onto Johnny Stamboli. Johnny catches him, does the sack of shit, a.k.a. the away slam, a.k.a. the last call. And as Johnny lands on his back from said move, Eddie nails him with a frog splash and wins this match as they are the two legal men in this contest. The FBI then get a post-match beatdown on the Guerreros. Backstage, Paul Heyman is extremely nervous ahead of his steel cage match with Brock Lesnar later in the show. Saying that I'm not a superstar. I'm a super agent, he's saying to his client's team angle. You know what? We've got your back, says the big show. We then lead into a WrestleMania ad to Crack Addict by Limp Biscuit. Oh, here we go again. Limp Biscuit's underrated. I'm gonna say it right now. I'm I'm gonna die on this hill right now. Yes, Limp Bizkit is very much a band of its time, but, I mean, underrated. We all listen to it. We all love My Way, mostly because it is the theme song to the greatest WrestleMania of all time. But, come on. How many of us had Chocolate Starfish? How many of us had $3 Bill, y'all? And Rearranged. I think that's the name of the, the one with Nookie. And then the one that this band, this song was on. Eh. I mean, that kind of genre of of rap rock was starting to kind of die off although maybe it was just fred durst and his time in the sun was was up as well at yeah, Media 19 is going to be coming out in a couple of weeks folks and i already have my guest host determined for that show and man it's it's gonna be a doozy this is a favorite pay-per-view amongst the two of us it is a favorite uh podcast From the two of us, so uh, Nate the Effing Great uh, is going to be joining me in a couple of weeks for Mania 19. It's probably going to be full of Ruthless Aggression podcast references and a whole bunch of Game Changer podcast style shenanigans. So yeah, brace yourselves, Impact, and brace yourselves for that one as well. So backstage, Stephanie is uh, going to add a stipulation to this cage match because Kurt is coming into her dressing room, hitting on her, unbuttoning her blouse. Stephanie, she's playing along. She's playing the head games. I mean, she's just as toxic as Kurt is at this point in time right here. Completely cock blocks him and sees right through his charade. Okay, I'll give her credit for that. And she says, if Brock wins, he gets to face you for the title next week on SmackDown in your hometown of Pittsburgh and at WrestleMania. So he's going to get two shots at Kurt Angle's undisputed championship. And, oh, man, I remember this match. I actually just watched it this morning to review next week's podcast as well, because I am bulk recording on my only day off of the week. Our next match is Matt Hardy version one versus Billy Kidman for the Cruiserweight title in a rematch from No Way Out. This week's Matt Facts Our Matt enjoys looking at pictures in Playboy. I mean, quote Mr. YLP, I am just a man, I am merely just a man. And Matt considers himself a sex symbol. Have you seen who he's dated and who he's married to now? again, I am just a man. So Matt goes for a quick cheap win here on Billy. That's nope. A B K bomber results in a two count. The stratus faction, the tornado bulldog by Billy Kidman also results in nothing. The shooting star press Billy Kidman goes for here, but more drags V1 to the outside of the ring. We break out into a schmoz, a distraction, a knock into Shannon Moore, twist of fate, and still, your cruiserweight champion, leading into WrestleMania, Matt Hardy, version 1. So it's going to be Matt Hardy versus Rey Mysterio, and that is a very, very good match. Also because I started watching WrestleMania 19 this morning, just to get ahead of the curve. We then see a Brock Lesnar-Paul Heyman flashback, dating back to SummerSlam 02 when Heyman was the client of The Beast, where Brock Lesnar demolished The Rock to become the undisputed champion, and I believe at the time the youngest WWE champion in history. Tori then is talking about her Playboy photo shoot, blah, 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 something, something, something boobs. Josh... Matthews interviews Nadia, saying that she's jealous, and that she tried to get into the Playboy Mansion, tried to trespass. And then they show a vignette of this very same thing happening. And the security guard calls her Nadine. No, it's Nadia, and she wants to tell Hefner to, oh boy, to watch Girls Gone Wild this Thursday on pay-per-view. Yikes! Again, OSW review. Watched and reviewed this for us so we don't have to. And so I don't have to. I haven't watched that episode of OSW. Even Jay Hunter at the start is like, yeah, you can sit this one out, lads. No, just just don't. And then Nydia challenges Tori to a body challenge. Whatever that is. And seemingly shows Josh her boobs. You bastard. But again... Watch that girls gone wild if you want to see them, but I didn't actually didn't. Hulk Hogan is backstage, saying that he is going to go out to the ring and confront Vince McMahon. He then goes out and does that very same thing where he can he calls out Vince, and we hear asshole chants because it's Vince McMahon, and that's exactly what he is. Hogan is then called an asshole by Vince McMahon, trying to divert the uh, the chance to them. Vince says that Hulk Hogan is not a man, but he's a shell of a man. Like, I created Hulkamania, and it makes you sick. Talks about this $20 million vacation home that Vince bought for... H- that Hogan bought himself from making Vince all that money. So that's the will about Hulk Hogan today. He's a piece of garbage, but that man drew all the money and he turned the wrestling industry on its head. Okay, let's go. Anybody could have been Hulk Hogan. Like, look at, and Hulk Hogan says, yeah, look at all the guys that you gave the, the belt to. Um, Let's see. Um, Guys that they give him the belt to that are better than Hogan. Um, Savage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brad Hart. Mm-hmm. But these Okay, Kevin Nash. No, no. Um, Shawn Michaels. Um, Sid, Sid? Is Sid back? Uh, in my mind, yes, but not actually. But not in the Steve Austin, the Rock, Hurt, Angle. The list goes on to the people that are better than Hogan who held the belt. But you know the only person that drew more money than him is Steve Austin. You can argue The Rock, too. And then this is that promo by Hulk Hogan, that is uh, made infamous by the likes of Botchmania. Shout out to Matthew. It's the the, the right gay guy. Gay, he, he slurs his words here. It's like the right guy, the right gay, at the right time. Uh, this is edited off the network, obviously, because, you know, it's been done to death on Botchmania. so go check it out there. And he, then he says to Hogan to Vince. It's like, you better say your damn prayers. And Vince adds a stipulation here that if Hulk Hogan loses this match, he's retired. So, we're getting Vince McMahon versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania, and I remember that being a fairly entertaining, if not long and drawn-out match. Backstage, The Undertaker is training Nathan Jones, the colossal shite of Bogo Road. He does this hip toss, Jones, Taker is shouting at him. Jones goes off on some on some uh, trainers trainees, and he says that the ring is like a prison. Ethan Jones sucks. That leads me into our next match: The Undertaker versus A Train, and good old Jonesy here distracts the referee long enough for a Big Show to beat down the Taker on the outside. What a terrible take, D partner and friend. These are just two big lads bumping meat. We do a big old schmoz, and eventually Undertaker wins by disqualification, and the baby faces send the heels powdering. Backstage, Vin- Stephanie McMahon, good lord, not Vince, kicks them both out of the arena as they are both Paul Heyman clients, and she knows that Paul would have been hooking up some shit for these guys to try to interfere in this match, but Stephanie is a smart woman, and nah, says no. Our next match is a non-title match between Tag Team Champions Team Angle and the team of Chris Benoit and Rhino. And tonight, SmackDown is brought to you by Xenosaga Episode 1 for the PS2. I'm more of a Xenogears guy. Stacker 2, the leftover Ico Pro from 1993, the world's strongest fat burner, And the PlayStation 2 console itself, you know, a console that I never had growing up. I went from PS1 and N64 to GameCube. And, you know, you all know that last year I bought a PS2 and eventually I'm going to start getting into some Here Comes the Pain career mode because, man, that game's been hauling my name. Despite the fact that tomorrow, WWE 2K23 is dropping on my PS4 and I cannot wait to experience that GM mode. You know what? We might just have to have a Wrestle Attic Radio, Radio War Room GM mode here, folks. Uh, I'm going to send a challenge out there to to y'all if you want to get into it. So we see some great mat wrestling between Shelton and Benoit. And also Benoit and Haas as well. A Northern Light suplex by the Rabid Wolverine. A Power Slam. By Haas. The crossface into Shelton Benjamin, who uh, blind tagged Charlie Haas unbeknownst to him, and then that is blocked. The Haas of Pain is attempted by Charlie, but Rhino breaks it here. The crossface eventually, after Charlie Haas, also locks in the Haas of Pain again. Just one of the most vicious looking, underrated submission holds I've ever seen. It is sick. But Crossface and probably Haas Taps and the Babyfaces win this match. We then see another wrapping vignette from John Cena walking around this shambled area with a cane. Having this King of Clubs card in his bandana, He' going to fill Brock Lesnar with holes like a chain-link fence. And it goes on like that. We see another Brock and Heyman flashback in which Kurt Angle hires Paul Heyman as his client. This was well after Heyman turned his back on the beast at Survivor Series 02, and Kurt Angle hires him as his agent. Backstage, Heyman and Kurt have a talk, and he's like, I can't win, Kurt. Team Angle bursts in the room yelling, and Kurt Angle's like, Hey, true champion knows how to react to adversity. Paul, tonight, you will win. I will? Ron Howard voice, he won't. We then see a little bit here where the superstars visit South Africa. They go to Durban, they go to Johannesburg, and they go have a couple of shows there. I don't know if this was released on DVD. I'm trying to remember it. It was this or the Global Warming Tour. From Australia, from this year or last year, I seem to remember one of those being on DVD. And yeah, all these international shows are—they're always hot. Like the crowd is always on fire because, well, these countries don't always see WWE. I mean, we've had Raw from Italy and England. Uh, I think we had a Raw in. Did we have one in Australia? No, we had a pay-per-view in Australia. We got another pay-per-view, I think, coming up in Aussie later this year, or another core, at least. And I love international shows. because It just shows you that these people are, are hungry for it. They want it. And now the main event. <laughs> Rock Lesnar versus Paul Heyman in a salad steel cage. And, of course, Team Angle comes out here with Paul E., and they jump Brock Lesnar in the cage, and Brock Lesnar just smashes them and sends them both yeeting out the door. Paul tries to apologize and lures Brock Lesnar out of the cage, where Kurt Angle pops in and jumps him. And Taz says, if you don't believe in God now, start. Paul Heyman is sent into the ring. The F5 is denied as Kurt Angle takes out Brock's knee. He kicks his leg out of his leg. Angle slam ankle lock and Brock drags Paul Heyman who is trying to escape while Kurt, while he is also dragging Kurt Angle or something like that it was a really really weird looking funny unintentionally funny looking spot or was it um no Kurt Angle had the ankle lock on Brock and Paul Lee was trying to escape and Brock was dragging him while this thing was going on oh While the uh, was it? Sorry, while Kurt Angle and Brock are fighting, Paul Heyman is climbing the steel cage. Eventually, what goes up must come down. He comes down, but Brock doesn't like Super F five him like he did to Austin Theory because that would have killed Paul Heyman. Uh, Kurt Angle is sent packing, and finally. Finally, Paul Heyman gets f 5 would Brock Lesnar fulfills one of his promises, I think, Two. One of his, a couple of his New Year's resolutions that we heard earlier in the year. And Paul Heyman wins. So next week on SmackDown, which I'm probably going to start recording just after I finish this one, We get Kurt Angle versus Brock for the title in Pittsburgh a couple of weeks ahead of WrestleMania. Now, there's a little bit of rumor and innuendo about why this match was fast-tracked or if this was just something to pop a rating. Who knows? I mean, I've listened to some interviews with Kurt. I've listened to Pritchard talk about it. I think they both allude to something along the lines of Kurt Angle's neck being so bad that he, he, maybe he couldn't or maybe he could power out. But you know what? Who knows? I'm just going to leave that on to next week's podcast. And, man, it's good. We are on the road to WrestleMania 19. And also in the year 2023, we're on the road to WrestleMania 39. And you know what? I think the card looks really good. Some matches, like Brock versus Almost, I'm still raising an eyebrow at. But you know what? Uh, Brock didn't want to work with Bray, allegedly. And Omos, they were like, how about Omos? And he's like, yeah. So I'm intrigued. You know, we got one inductee into the Hall of Fame. I'm anticipating hearing some more. The week of WrestleMania, I am going to have a big ass uh, preview show. I might see if I can bring on a guest or someone like that. And it's, yeah, we're gearing up for some really, really good stuff in the next little while. Post-WrestleMania, I'm going to be doing a different retro show with another guest. Something you're just going to have to wait and see who and what that is. It is not something in the timeline. It is something way before the Ruthless Aggression era. I think it's even in the New Gen era. It might even be from a different company. You're just going to have to wait and see. So folks, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Fretzelmania podcast on Wrestle attic Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. You can find me across all social media platforms at Fretzelmania. That's F-R-E-T-Z-L-E, mania. Of course, this is on Wrestle attic Radio. Listen to the rest of us. In the war realm, every Tuesday, we got brace for impact with my good brother, Nate, the effing great going through uh impact wrestling he just finished up his his uh season i guess his year of 2007 i want to say i think it is and we're getting into some territory where i am not familiar with tna at all so i'm gonna have to get caught up in uh, nate's catalog because i'm (laughs) far far behind Uh, every wednesday night at 8 p.m eastern standard time tune into the king's Of the Rings podcast streaming live everywhere from YouTube and Twitch, uh, Twitter Live, a bit of Facebook. You know, look it up. It's out there. Yes, again, it's during dynamite, but do what I do. Watch two screens. I mean, come on. It's not that hard. King, Ricky Rose, and Willie T in their Friends of the Show era. They've had uh, guests on couple of times. Uh Ricky, anytime you want me on, just give me a shout out. I'll <laughs> I'll make another return. And kick off your weekend in proper YLP fashion with Mr. YLP's Young Lions perspective. Zach is kicking off your weekend with your news of the week with some reviews here and there. And you know, it's a good time. So folks, thank you very much again. And until next time. Keep your stick on the ice.